the reality is that's a biblical principle. When we invest, we see it over and over. When we invest of ourselves and, and our finances and our talents and everything, God takes that and in his grace and in his sovereignty, he always multiplies it for his glory. When we get on board with what he is doing, he's going to take our efforts and he's just going to multiply it out to what he needs to do. And I've seen it done over. I'm sure you have as well. You know, you work within your means and you watch God multiply that for his glory. Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us once again this week. I'm here with Pastor Nick Cady of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. He is the pastor. I think I mentioned that. Did I mention that? I mentioned that. Yeah, somewhere in there. I mentioned it. And uh, just great to have you with us once again this week. And uh, we're in our series, Strength and Weakness. And we are looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, the second part. It's kind of a two-part series on the idea of giving. And this week it was loving indeed and in truth as we looked at verses 10 through 24 of chapter 8. So if you missed any of that, please whitefieldschurch.com you can go down there and uh, you can download our uh, download any of the messages you might have missed and specifically this week and if you know if you listen to them both to, together you get a great uh, context great uh, you know of what Paul was trying to say here in chapter 8 and uh, of course all of our f- streaming platforms YouTube and Facebook and all uh, Apple music and all those places and if you just like review do all of the things subscribe you know it certainly helps to elevate uh, this content in in the, all the search engines and people are googling about giving to the church about giving in general about any of these these kind of things then hey we're gonna pop up and be able to give them a, a christ-centered gospel-centered answers to their questions and um just very uh you know as as you mentioned in in your sermon already last week and this week you know the idea of giving is like anathema you know most either churches are overdoing it or you know some guys just don't want to go near the topic and for good reason there has been you know a lot of you know manipulation a lot of uh, you know, really bad things around this particular topic. People have been used and abused and there's suspicion going into this. But I think, you know, I think you've done a great job of covering, you know, these two weeks, you know, and what's the great thing about teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book through the Bible is that when we come across, you know, these subjects, we can then dive into them and, you know, see in context what God is saying about this idea of giving. And and before we get, I just wanted to, before we get into kind of deeper questions, I just want to look at, you know, and this is pure speculation now. So, you know, speculation hat on right now. We don't know. But there's two unnamed people that Paul talks about. And the one is in verse 18. With him, we are sending the brother who is famous among all the churches for his preaching of the gospel. And then down at the bottom of that, we have this earnest among earnest people. Uh, I, I find it. And, and he said, with them, we are sending our brother whom we have often tested and found earnest in many matters, but who is now more earnest than ever because of his confidence in you. And so who are these two people that is Paul's talking about? Yeah, we don't know. I mean, obviously there's some speculation, particularly in the first guy, because he's apparently famous for preaching the gospel in all the churches. Um, so the big, you know, automatic speculation this goes to is Apollos, who's mentioned in the book of Acts. Now, he's also mentioned in 1 Corinthians. Um, it just seems weird to me, like, why would Paul mention Titus by name, but then not mention Apollos by name, because he does mention Apollos 
in the first letter and um, they knew Apollos. Like if you go back to the book of Acts, I mean, Apollos was involved in the church there in Corinth. So it would be like, it would make more sense for him to say, you know, Apollos, who you guys know, right? He yeah. wouldn't have to tell them that he's famous for preaching the gospel. They would just know as Apollos. Um, the other one, you know, sometimes maybe people would speculate, maybe it's Peter, maybe it's another one of the apostles. With Peter, again, Peter's mentioned by name in the mm -hmm. first uh, epistle to the Corinthians as well. So I don't really know. And apparently... <laughs> It's not that important. Yeah, yeah Paul just didn't, yeah, he didn't choose to tell us. But yeah, I just, the way he writes about them, it's just like he's super excited about these yeah. these guys and his use of superlatives. You know, we would probably take it to the nth degree today, but he's like, this guy is like the most earnest guy you've ever met. Yeah. Kind of. So one day we're going to meet the guy who's most earnest above all those who were earnest about matters in those days. But, um, but so one question I want to talk about today is that, Someone would say, when we're talking about this idea of giving, that um, it's not all about money. Now, I can give of my time. I can give. I can pray. I can, you know, do other things other than giving. And it's important that we emphasize that. And yet, Paul doesn't seem to allude to those kind of things when he's talking about giving in this in, in the way he does in, in chapter eight. So, what are what are some of the things we can talk about as related to this idea of okay? It's split into categories. If you can't give money, then you can pray. If you can't pray, then you can give of, you know, uh, yeah. these, you know. And, and I know because I, you know, you and I are both missionaries. And what happens when you write a newsletter is like you're, mm -hmm. you need money to, <laughs> to, to eat. But what do you tell people in your newsletter? Well, first of all, please pray for us. Yeah. You know, that someone, there's someone out there might provide for our needs, you know. And, you know, what is what is our intention? Yeah, we want them to pray. But, hey, I need money to make it to the end of the month. And, you know, I'm out here, yeah. the, you know. So, you know, what what is what is Paul here? What's Paul's intention? What And what are some other thoughts we can talk about? Yeah, this? so <laughs> I, would, I would just say this. I, I do believe that there are other things that we can give and that we should give that are acts of service. So we talk about three words that talk about giving, right? An act of grace, an act of service, an act of fellowship, three Greek words. And these are all, these are all aspects of how we give and how we fellowship together. I would say this, look, every Christian is called to serve and every Christian is called to give. And um, you know what? You're called to give much more than just financially. First of all, give your life to the Lord. But here's where I uh, push back against the person who says, well, you shouldn't say that this is about money, you should emphasize this. You could give lots of different things. My answer to that would just be to say this. I know our human tendency. I know my human tendency, which is that essentially if you tell people, hey, well, you don't have to necessarily give money, then people will say, cool, because I didn't want to give money yeah. because it hurts to give money. And uh, I think that if you do that, you are actually missing out not only on what the heart of the passage is, but on a big heart of what God's will is for us. Look, as we said, and it says there, I believe it's in uh, verse 12, or maybe it's verse 13, where he talks about giving proportionally, right? Mm -hmm. Give according to what you have, not according to what you don't have, right? He's like, I'm not asking you to give what you don't have. I'm asking you to give what you do have and to give it proportionally. And so that is something that anybody can do, right? So the poorest person in the world can give proportionally, and they can give regularly, and they can give worshipfully of their money, 
And the, here's the deal. Like, look, money represents so much. It represents the, it's the thing that we use to pay the bills for the things that we need to live. That's a big deal, right? Like, um, yeah, we, we work hard and we earn money with our time, talents, and uh, abilities, and we invest that. That's the investment of our lives. It comes back to us in the form of money. Money is a very has a very powerful thing, as we've talked about. It can be powerful in a very negative way. The love of money is the root of all evil. And God wants to set us free from the love of money by teaching us to give away what we cannot keep. Somebody uh, who heard the sermon on Sunday posted this on Instagram. Uh, you know who you are <laughs> if it's you, because it, this is what she said in her Instagram post, which I don't know if it was inspired by the sermon, but if it was, it then she got the point. Um, but the point is, give away what you cannot keep Um like manna. That's a really interesting thing. Mm -hmm. In verse 15 of chapter eight, Paul says, it's like manna. As soon as you start hoarding it, it goes rotten and it gets bad fast, right? And so what we want to do is we want to take what we need, use it, and not be afraid to be generous, not be afraid of other people having some, not be afraid of sharing what we have, because if we start to hoard it, it can get its claws into our hearts and it can become rotten. So like, like we always say, uh, rather than loving money and using people, we want to be God's people who love people and use money as a tool. And you know what? There's nothing at all wrong with having a lot of money. A lot of rich people in the Bible, most famously perhaps Abraham, who had lots of flocks, more, so many flocks that he couldn't even live next to his nephew, who also had lots of flocks, right? So he had a lot of stuff. Uh, he had servants who worked with him. We see that didn't turn out very well, but that probably had nothing to do with the money. I guess my point is just to say, I've experienced people over the years who've had money and they used it as a, they saw, they view themselves as stewards of a resource that God gave them. And it didn't mean that they had to give away so much that they lived impoverished lives, but it did mean that they viewed themselves like God's given me this and there's a responsibility with it. I've told this story before, so forgive me if you've heard it, but when we lived in Hungary, there was a guy we knew and he told me one time, he said, you know what? I'm not good at like teaching the Bible and you know, I don't really feel called to like move across the world and be a missionary. But he goes, look, I'm just really good at making money. I have all kinds of business ideas. I've got all kinds of investments. That's just what I do when I show up places. I look for opportunities and I just see them everywhere. Opportunities to make money. And he goes, it comes naturally to me. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make as much money as I possibly can. And I'm going to support as much ministry as I possibly can. And that man has supported a lot of ministry over the years. A lot of missionaries ate meals uh, and planted churches and drove cars and things like that because of that man's faithfulness to give. And you always tell a story. Um, who is who's that story about? The one about the, is it William Carey? Oh, William Carey. Yeah. I mean, there's the famous quote that William Carey said, uh, as he set out to go on missions, you know, uh, uh, he said, if I go into the, to, into the um, cave, you know, I'll go into the cave if you hold the rope. And he was speaking to Andrew Fuller, and Fuller University is one been named after him. But, but William Carey understood the the need for those who go and those who stay. And what was Andrew Fuller? He spent the rest of his life basically fundraising for William Carey's efforts out in you know in in, in India and around those uh, that area. And that was his part to play, raising money so that William Carey could do his part. But I thought, you know, we need that we need those people that are holding the rope while there are others that are down 
doing the, doing the work of the ministry, and and it's just a, a, a very important part of, of teamwork, of working together in the body of Christ. It is an interesting story, and I, I'm struggling to remember where it is. It's in the Old Testament. I'm going to say Joshua. <laughs> Help me out if I'm wrong. Forgive me if I'm wrong. I'm shooting from the hip here. But I know the point of the story. Here's the point of the story. There were some people who went to fight. Now, I'm thinking this was like in... Uh, First oh, this was David. Yeah, this first David Samuel, yeah, right? Yeah, this was David, yeah. Yeah, so here's what happens. There's a group of people, and they go to fight, but other people stayed behind and, quote, watched the stuff. stuff. Yeah. And those people who went to fight, they won the battle, and then they came back, and they didn't want to share the spoils with the people who had stayed back to watch the stuff because they're like, hey, we did all the fighting on the front line. And David said, no, 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 you share the spoils with those who stayed behind because if they hadn't done what they did, you wouldn't have been able to do what you did. And that speaks to the body of Christ, right? Like we have different roles, different jobs. And we, in order for us to fulfill this mission of God that we're called in, and this applies across the board, but of course it applies to this topic as well. Um, we need those who go, those who support, those who watch the stuff, and we're all on the same team and we're all, you know, getting to be part of the same work. I think it's all really important. Yeah, and I think that's the that's an important point you bring up because it, it's, you know, when we think of people think of money, they're like just kind of looking down like how much do I have to give and all that kind of stuff. But when we get into this thing of giving away, you know, and giving into the ministry of, of God, we get part, we become part of the vision and we realize this is an investment for eternity. Yeah. We're, and we're, we're investing in something that's greater than ourselves. And we have a God that says, I will take your investment and I will multiply it out. And I know that's kind of been corrupted by a lot of church circles, this idea of, well, if you give a dollar, God's going to give you a million and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is that's a biblical principle. When we invest, we see it over and over. When we invest of ourselves and, and our finances and our talents and everything, God takes that. And in his grace and in his sovereignty, he always multiplies it for his glory. When we get on board with what he is doing, he's going to take our efforts and he's just going to multiply it out to what he needs to do. And I've seen it done over. I'm sure you have as well. You know, you work within your means and you watch God multiply that for his glory. And, and there's a verse that actually says that in chapter 9, which is coming up this Oh, it's a Sunday. good plug. Good plug for chapter Yeah, nine. <laughs> don't miss that. But you know one, one other thing. I think one of the most interesting verses in this section we studied this week is verse 10, where it says, and here I give my judgment on this matter, this is good for you, mm -hmm. right? Like I think that is something that we often miss, right? Like we, we fail to see that, okay, like I realize it's good for other people if I do it, and I realize it's good for the church and good for the ministry, whatever. But you know, Paul's saying, look, this isn't just good for like funding this project. This is good for you. It shapes us into certain mm -hmm. kinds of people. And that's God's goal with our life, right? We talked about this at the men's conference, but you know that history has a linear progression. We're moving towards something and God has a linear progression and goal for our lives. And that goal, that end point, according to Romans 8 verse 29, is to form you into the image of Christ, mm -hmm. right? And what is he like? Well, we could go down the list and name the things that he's like. He's gracious, he's kind, he's courageous, he's full of truth. And another big part of who he is, he's loving. And that love of his manifests itself 
in greatest way through giving, right? So in other words, he's trying to make us for our good, more like Jesus. And this is part of the process. But I thought it was also interesting what we said about like University of California and Berkeley, mm-hmm. not a Christian church, um, kind of the opposite of a Christian church. Right. And so, and yet they said, yeah, well that, you know, if you are depressed and have high blood pressure, then maybe you should start giving away some of your financial resources to good causes because that will cause you to be not depressed and have lower blood pressure and live longer and be happier. So is it for your good? I think it is, Mm -hmm. right? And, um, you know, you could go through all the different passages in the Bible. I think, too, that we didn't talk about but are worth mentioning are um, in the Old Testament— we read passages like, for example, where God says, bring your gifts into the storehouse, right? So, um, you know, bring, and he's talking about the temple, giving mm-hmm. and tithing to the temple. He calls it bringing your gifts into the storehouse. And he says, as you do that, he says, test me and see if I don't open the windows of heaven and pour blessing down on you. Now, a blessing may not be financial. I think that's where it gets really corrupted and weird is when people are like, it's an investment scheme, right? Mm -hmm. You put in this much and God will give you a tenfold back. So basically you didn't lose anything. In fact, you gained. Um, and people try to like game the system or something like that in that way. No, no, no. God opening the blessings or opening the windows of heaven and pouring down blessing on you, not necessarily going to be financial, but it'll be good. It'll be great. Anything from the Lord, every perfect gift comes from God, right? Well, and that's what Jesus (laughs) said, right? He said, Love your enemies, do good, and give, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly my reward will not be from the person I give it to. It will be from the Lord, and it very well may not be uh, financial. In fact, it, it probably won't, but you know what? It will be a reward. There will be mm-hmm. a reward involved, and so it will yeah. be for your good in the end. Yeah, no, that's the, some great thoughts there. And, I, you know, I, I just encourage you, if you haven't, uh, uh, listen to the very first sermon. Go ahead and listen to that one and this one. I think that just represents a great healthy view of giving in the Bible. And and hopefully for you, it'll just bring some uh, important biblical perspective to this particular topic that, you know, has been corrupted. It has been taken advantage of. People have used it to manipu- manipulate people. And we can be honest about those things. But the Bible is clear about the purposes and as pastor nick just said it's good for you (laughs) and what's good for you you know if god says this is good for you we want to take heed of that because uh he is speaking to us directly and there might be things that we just don't even see and understand and 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 we want to be a part of what the lord is doing so your you know thoughts and comments hey um speaking of good for you what are you drinking here Uh, that's not mine that's yours and that's a cold brew of some kind it's nitro cold brew (laughs) and guess what and it keeps you awake all night we got (laughs) we got this nitro cold brew setup that we're going to start doing here at the church i don't is it going to be ready soon it's supposed to be ready this sunday so yeah Yeah. and so all the proceeds are going to go to support the ministry here at the church yeah pretty cool so anyway if you like nitro cold brew uh, I do, and I'm enjoying it. I've heard that other people do, too. I haven't too. tried it yet. Oh. I probably should. Yeah, I don't know what yeah, you're doing. Ah, uh, yeah, me neither. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so definitely join us uh, again next week at whitefieldschurch.com. Go there, download the sermons, and make sure you pick up a cold brew on Sunday morning, and we'll see you then. God bless. <laughs>